Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hello, it's Richard and Linda Ayer. Ayers on the Road. How you doing today, folks? We hope you're well. We hope you're staying safe. We hope you're enduring the pandemic. We sort of hope it's becoming for you as it is for us, a really intense family time. It is, and we have found ourselves definitely, we canceled four flights, trips since this started, and we are on the road just between Bear Lake and Salt Lake and Provo and Ogden, where our kids live, and St. George, and wow, the road's a nice place. The road's a nice nice place. Kind of nicer than in the air, you know? Less to worry about. No TSA people checking your bags. <laughs> we want to get right into it today, though, on Ayers on the Road, because we've got a really exciting subject. We have the feeling, we, had, we don't have any way to know the demographics of the audience of this podcast, and we hope it's varied. We hope there's a lot of young parents and we do families know some that young listen in. That are listening. We love we it. We get surprised every once in a while. Someone comes up and asks us some intimate question, and how did you know that? Oh, we just listened to Ayers on the road. <laughs> but we we have a feeling that a pretty good percentage of our audience is what some would call seniors, what others would call um, baby boomers, what others would call more you mature. know more mature. And we're going to talk today to you, to you, not only to grandparents, but to all who are sort of, let's say, in the autumn of life. And autumn's not a bad thing. And autumn's not very far along. Autumn You've still beautiful. got winter ahead. We're not contemplating winter yet. We're, we're thinking about the autumn of our lives. Well, and before you tune out, I do think that it is really geared to those you of you younger people um, who are worried about growing older because we're yeah. going to try and convince yeah. you that it it's... is a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, not in every way, but it's a lot of fun growing older. Well, you know, we we did a book a few years ago, not very many years ago, actually. It's a quite a new book called Life in Full. And the uh, subtitle is A Baby Boomer's Guide to at least the next 20 years. And and it's, it's, it was a really fun book. We've been looking through it again this morning and thinking how, how much it applies to where we are in life. There's a lot of metaphors like, you're over the hill. <laughs> Which I think is ridiculous. I mean, think about that. You're on a bike ride and you're killing yourself to get to the top of the hill. <coughs> and then just over the hill, you go down. You're kind of coasting. The wind is blowing through your hair. It feels so good. No effort. Just going down. I love the concept of over the hill. We, we admit it. We're like, if someone says, hey, you're over the hill. We're like, yes, we sure are. And you'll love it when you get here because <laughs> it's a lot better on the other side. Um, Here's some definitions. Full means having plenty of everything that really matters, especially love. Maximizing, making the most of something, both in quantity and quality. Longevity, your life in its most extended form. And legacy, what you leave behind, much of which you can also enjoy while you're still here. So you get the idea of what we're talking about. This this autumn season of life that can be so great, this fullness that can come, this beautiful fullness. Here's a scripture from Genesis. 
And Isaac gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people being old and full of days. What does full of days mean? I don't know, but we're there. We're full of days, of well, years. Well, it could mean, you know, he lived a lot of years, but it could also mean full of days. In other words, his days were full. He, he put a lot into things and got a lot out of things. And that's what we're talking about today. And we want to suggest that there's seven decisions that you can make. And we were thinking of people maybe in their 50s or their 60s or whatever, but you could make a lot of these decisions even earlier. Some of them are a little controversial. When we, when we give speeches and we say, hey, here's seven decisions you ought to make right now in advance of your life. And some people are like, I don't like that because I don't have control over any of those decisions. Things could happen to me beyond my control. And we come back and we say, yeah, but think about how much control you could have over these seven decisions. Let us read them to you. Number one, first of seven decisions. Decide how long you want to live because the number of years you, you will likely be, because the number of years will likely be a factor and how many you have. And then, so again, people push back and say, what, you can't decide how old you're gonna be. You could die tomorrow. And of course that's true. But deciding how long you want to live can begin to have, in most cases, a really profound effect on how long you actually do live. So number two, decide who you want to spend those years with because people who matter should get the most time. Uh, which makes us think of those who would like to go to a golf community and get away from everything, including the grandkids. Yeah, <laughs> have peace don't and do happiness. it. Don't do it. Uh, number three, decide how you want to look and how you want to feel because you have more control over both than you think. Again, people say, I don't have any control over how I look or how I feel. Yes, you do. You, you have a lot of control over it. Well, there's some things you can't control. That, yeah, well, of course, that. of course, but a lot that you can. Number four, decide how much money you will need because, though it is not an end, it is a means. We need to do financial planning when we get to this autumn of life because we may have a very long winter. We hope we do. Number five, decide what you want to keep and what you want to start doing, because that will determine what you discard and what you stop doing. That's really an interesting one. You know, people, as you reevaluate your life, as you move into the autumn of life, you've got to really decide what you want to keep and what you want to get rid of. And, and what you want to start doing and what you want to not do anymore. We have a really fun example of that. And I don't know if you want to talk about it now, the auction, or later. Oh, let's but come to that. Yeah, remind me, though, because that's really good. We do have good. to get back to that because this is a great idea. Downsizing, simplifying, right? Right. Well, let's do it quickly. Come on. I mean, you got people curious now. How do you get, how do you get rid of things as you try to downsize and simplify your life a little. Our friend gave us the best idea. He said, just hold an auction and, and give your kids $40,000 of Monopoly money and have them buy whatever they want. 
which turned out to be such a fun idea. Because you don't want to decide, you don't want to be arbitrary and decide who gets your piano or who gets your couch or who gets other things as you're downsizing. So you let kids decide themselves because they've got money. We hired an auctioneer. He had a big hat on. He had a gavel. He talked really fast. It was hilarious. And Richard went around and put <laughs> numbers on everything in our house. That This is when we decided to move out of our family home and, and downsize yeah. a little. And so we had numbers on everything, and we had somebody taking notes. We had two kids on the phone. This is kind of Remote bidding because they couldn't, bidding. couldn't come. And one of them was so mad because they wanted the... Um, about the snakeskin. Oh, let's that? not get into detail. Anyway, I mean, people it was a huge, huge boa constrictor <laughs> thing that everybody wanted. Anyway, it was really funny. Anyway, that you get the idea. You you got to downsize. Um, number six, decide which god you believe in and which self you want to be. A lot, a lot. Well, a lot of us have to decide on our faith and how much that's going to influence the. The, the later stages the of, of our lives. lives. Yeah, and number seven, decide what, and more importantly, who your legacy will be because that choice will bring purpose and joy. So so you get the idea. What we're saying here is this this autumn of life, this this second life, this, and it's so long for people now. I mean, you've heard 65 is the new 45. That certainly is true. You know, people who were 45 used to say, I've probably got 20 years left. I better decide what I want to do with the next 20 years. Now that's what people over 65 or 70 are deciding. And it's really a powerful thing to be able to think about it. Although, do you think when you're 75, you're going to feel like 55? I don't know. It gets yes. a little bit... No, 75 is the new 55 for sure. Yeah. All right. And, you know, we're doing things in our early 70s that, that people, you know, did in their 50s. So, but let us, let us expand this a little more. When we were working on this book, we, we had some alternative titles. We didn't know we were going to name it Life in Full. And we kept track of them. And some of them described some of the things we're trying to say. Let us just mention a few of them. We thought of calling it Your Autumn, Why Fall is Life's Richest Season and How to Make It Even Better. Or finding life's new prime. Why just over the hill is the best place to be and how to make the gentle slope longer and smoother. We thought of maybe calling it now you know why this is the best age in which to live and how to spend your extra years on what matters. Or your second life. Why your next 20 years will be completely different from your last 40 and how to relish and reinvent this new life. See, we had a lot of thoughts in our mind. We thought of calling it 65 is the new 45. Why we're the first generation to get a 20-year bonus and how to expand and exploit every day of it. And the power of longevity. Why should you plan to be 100 and how to prosper in the long twilight? <laughs> <laughs> so you get the idea. And, and we, we, we love the idea of thinking ahead and we put this little preface in that, that'll kind of lead to what we're going to say in the second half of the show today. And this is really true for us. We are relationship oriented. When we say legacy, we're thinking grandchildren. If you're looking purely for late career advice or investment or legal counsel, there are other books that will serve you better. We will deal with these, but always as a means to the more important end of being all you can be and doing all you can do 
for the people in your life who matter most, including yourself. So again, if you're a younger person, you're saying, why am I listening to this? This is for uh, people in the autumn of life. I'm just in the summer or I'm still in the spring. And you made a good comment, Linda. You know, you, you want to think that the further ahead you think in your life, the more power you have as you go along from one day to the so next. And it's so good to just be optimistic about it. We do have to realize that sometimes when you get to the brow of the hill and you go over the edge, there's a cliff on the other side. <laughs> and you do have to realize that there are going to be unexpected things on the other side of that hill. And we, we can go through our oh, yeah. maladies oh, and so yeah. on. We're not saying that you know everything just worked out perfectly for us. But there, uh, there's, it's still an adventure. It may not be what you expected. How do you like this little quote, Linda? Youth would be an ideal state if it just came a little later in life. <laughs> yeah, darn. <laughs> Why don't they give us a little Education more is wasted on the young. You know, yeah. Oh, a... I always say that, yeah. <laughs> I love history now. When I was a kid, I just hated history. I adore history now. Oh, I just drink it in. So think about this. You may have lost a step or two on the tennis court or added a few strokes on the golf course, but you have never ever had more smarts, more experience, more contacts, more insights, more resources, more access, more awareness, and more perspective than you do right now. And we'll bet you also have more of some less tangible things like savvy, discernment, and simple appreciation of simple things. For every little bit you've lost physically, you have gained bundles mentally, socially, emotionally, and probably spiritually. And who wouldn't trade bits for bundles? So the idea is, this is the greatest time of life. Autumn really is the very richest season. So we hope a lot of you who are listening today who are a little bit older, will pay attention. In fact, listen to what Oliver Wendell Holmes once said. Old age is 15 years older than I am. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And there have been actual surveys of this. What do you consider old age? And the average answer is 15 years older than well, however old they are. Well, think about when you were 15. You know, a 30-year-old was old, really old. Right. It really is true. I love that. We're going to take a brief break and we'll come back talking about life in full, the autumn of life. We hope you'll stay with us. Be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. We're talking today about life in full and the joys of longevity. Should we talk about the sorrows <laughs> in this half? But no, it really is an amazing time of life. And we talked a little in the first half about this over the hill business. And um, we happen to live in, in the mountains in Park City. And the canyon on the way up is steep, especially if you're on a bike, and the hillsides are treeless and a little barren. But the minute you get over that hill, Parley's Summit, everything gets better. Fir and pine trees everywhere, no more smog, bluer sky, and suddenly it's downhill. And the crest just over the summit is where we happen to live. And that's sort of where we happen to live in our lives. And the downhill 
is a long, steady slope. We hope. With fingers crossed. We hope. Yeah, because yeah. things can happen. Right. But um, we have to appreciate every day, thinking, knowing that that thing could happen that would change the direction of our lives. Here's a few of our favorite quotes on the autumn time of life. The afternoon knows what the morning never suspected. Robert Frost. That's true. Robert Frost and a woman named Marie Dressler said, it's not how old you are, it's how you are old. Oh, I love that. You don't start laughing when you grow old. You grow old when you stop laughing. Right, right. And a person named Lindsay Sands said, your face is marked with lines of life put there by love and laughter, suffering and tears. It's beautiful. <laughs> Some days. Uh, wrinkles should merely indicate where the smiles have been. Mark Twain, that's good. <laughs> and Mark Twain had another one. Age is a question of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Mark Twain. I love him. Um, Satchel Page. Oh, this is great. Did you, you know Satchel musician? Page? Sat yeah. No, Satchel Page was a pitcher. He was a oh. brilliant <laughs> baseball pitcher. <laughs> jazz musician, Don't you think indeed. That's a great name it for would a jazz. be a good name oh, for wow. a jazz musician. Here's okay. what Satchel Page said How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? That was good he said that because he didn't know how old he was. He had no birth certificate, Satchel Page. Some people thought he was 60, and he was still pitching in the major leagues. <laughs> <laughs> because he looked so older than he was. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you were, you know? Yeah. Too bad we have these birth certificates that tell us things, or we might think we were younger than we are. C.S. Lewis, our favorite, listen to this. You are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. I like that. The longer I live, the more beautiful life becomes. Ooh, Frank Lloyd Wright, he created a lot of beautiful things in this world. Huh. And here's Shakespeare, and you got to think about this one. It's a little hard to grasp, as a lot of things that Shakespeare wrote were. <laughs> that time of year thou mayest in me behold, when yellow leaves, or none, or few do hang, in me thou seest the glowing of such fire. I don't think that's hard. That's good. You read that well. Well, it's beautiful, isn't it? It really is beautiful. So the point is, aging, whether you're 30 or 50 or 70, can be a beautiful thing. Linda will only come and watch a game with me. Uh, this is assuming that games ever come back on television. <laughs> Um, when it's the fourth quarter, I'll say, Linda, you want to watch a little of the jazz game with me? And she'll say, what quarter is it? And I say, it's the third quarter. No, tell me when it's the fourth quarter. Why are you so interested in fourth quarters? Well, because that's the exciting part. Then you know who wins or loses. I have to say that I've become a jazz fan. You pick the wrong team to say that. <laughs> that's true. If, you, that's if true. it's a football game, like, okay, the last quarter, those games are so long. Come on. just I, All I need to see is the last quarter. I just want to see who wins and loses, and it gets exciting. So that's what we're talking about here is the last quarter of life, the final quarter. The autumn, the time when you're really getting to where it's exciting, and that's the way we want all of you to think about aging. In fact, you know, I'll speak for myself. I'm, I personally am partial to basketball and to tennis. And so I say when you're 
if you're thinking of life as maybe a hundred years long, and we'll get to that in a minute about how, how long do you want to live question. But if you're thinking of maybe a hundred years, you go into the fourth quarter when you're 75, that's when it gets exciting. If you're a tennis guy, you might even stretch it a little further. You might say the fifth set, that's what really is important at Wimbledon or the US Open. And so the fifth set, you go into that when you're 80. Yeah, that's, that's true. 20-year sets. After all that struggle and all that hard wins and losses and all that, you get to the fifth set. But then somebody does win or lose in the fifth set. So let's talk about, and, and, and you know, what we're saying is you, you want to relish being a senior. And, um, well, let's come back to that in a minute. But but on that earlier point, how how long, ask yourself this question if you're listening to this show today. What would be the ideal time to check out? If you if you did have control, if you could decide how long your life will be and when's the best time to pass on and call it quits and turn in your chips and whatever, what would you choose? We've asked that to a lot of audiences and when we speak to seniors and it's really interesting what the answers are. It kind of depends on how old they are. A lot of them are in their 40s Yeah. and they think, oh, 70. Yeah, they think, uh, oh, 75, maybe 80. We say, well, why don't you want to live longer? They say, well, I don't want to be a burden on anyone. I don't want to have diminished capacities. I want to, I want to go out at the peak of my game. Well, isn't that what everyone thinks? I mean, no. everyone thinks. No, they because... Want, yeah, but, but when you get to um, 99, it's getting harder. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but it is interesting that sometimes we've been kind of formal about this. We've had people raise their hands in big audience. How many of, we'll give you five year deck, five year increments and you raise your hand when you think you're in the one that you'd like to call it quits. And we start at 70, 70 to 75, a few hands, 75 to 80, quite a few hands, a big group. Yeah. And then, and then there's a whole, the biggest group of all is I want to live to be a hundred. And so we sometimes get them debating, well, you know, why do well, some of you want to go sooner? Well, a pretty big so. group. Well, well bigger than you would expect, maybe. And, the, and they'll say, well, because I'm curious. I want to see what life will be like in 20 or 30 more years. And the younger ones that want to go sooner are saying, well, I don't want to be a burden. And it's really interesting because, like you just said, Linda, the older they are, the older they think they want to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, unless they're sick or, you know, this horrible the dementia thing and Alzheimer's is becoming so rampant that it's a very scary process of thinking about it. Linda, can you still do everything when, when you're in the autumn of your life? Can you still do everything you could do in the summer of your life? No. Yes, you can. No, I cannot run as fast. I cannot. But wait, you've got an electric bike now. Well, that's true. That's true. You but just I don't need have a little electric, more help. But I don't have electric legs. I mean, I can't, no. But my theory is, you, you can do everything you could. You just have to make some adjustments, like you get an electric bike, or you have a little higher handicap in golf, or you go down a notch to a four point oh in tennis, or whatever. You can still do it all. You just have to make these adjustments. Um, I guess so. I guess so. But there are some things that you do have electric legs, by the way. I think. (laughs) No, it is really uh, wild. It's so. 
startling when you realize it's hard to get up from the floor. In fact, like I, I'm not going down because I am not going to be able to get back up without looking really silly. Um, it, there really are things that are quite astonishing about growing older. Well, and one of the things that's so great is that technology has sort of supported us as we've gotten older. I want to read you a really quick little poem I wrote as we were thinking about this, about what you can still do now, partly because technology, it sort of compensates for age and gives us these advantages. Got up when I woke up and stretched in the golden autumn sunshine, filtering through the aspens at our mountain home, looked at family Instagrams, blogs, and YouTube channels, uh, airplayed from our phone to our curved laser-pointed big screen, and then went out and walked up a trail and sat by a stream to open and answer emails. A day's work in a brook babble half hour. Then through waist-high yellow grass in a pasture to feed our horses, sit in their barn on a hay bale and check the market and the news. I wander down to the pond to FaceTime a daughter in Boston and watch part of a grandson's soccer game in England. You know, it's like we, we don't need, we have all this technology that compensates for not being able to get everywhere. Oh, honey, you know what I'm going to say about that poem. Well, you're out there in the barn, Ling. <laughs> I am frantically cleaning the house, trying to shop, get ready for the kids because they're coming. But what even the shopping's eat? easier what are we now. Do? Well, it is you easier. just tell it's Siri true. to put it on it's your, on your but list. Are, it's so different for a woman, especially when you have a lot of children or grandchildren. Oh, that is hilarious. I would love a morning like that just one day in my life. Well, it's possible. You're getting. You're starting to get more of those mornings. You a blew bit. it by reading that. Now I'm going to put you to work today. Wow. <laughs> okay, um, let's talk a little more, Linda, about what it is that, how do you plan for the future when you're getting a little older? Do you, do you just give up and say, I've kind of lived my life, I'm done now, I'm just going to sit back? You know what doctors tell us, that, that when people retire, and that's getting to be kind of an old word now. People aren't just sort of retiring and getting their 50-year badge and not doing anything. Partly because doctors say that's when people die. You know, it's once they're done that they're really done. They just don't even realize it. And so one of the, one of the things we suggest is that the way you plan for the future is not quite the same way as you planned for the future when you were young. I mean, when you were young, you could say, I want to get this university degree, then I want to do this, then I want to get this job, then I want to live in this place, and I want to buy a house, and so on and so forth. But we're actually suggesting you just create 10 folders. Think about just having 10 folders, either manila folders that you just put stuff in, or folders online. And imagine that there are the following things. Possibilities folder, a character folder, health folder, wealth, faith, family relationships, grandkids, service and legacy, autobiography, life and full synergy group. So you're just keeping track of the things you want to keep track of. You're trying to make them work. You're trying to make them better and better. And you're not worrying about the old skills you're trying to develop five new skills think about these five new skills as you get older we'll alternate reading them one you got to get better at relaxing and rejuvenating reflecting and recollection 
relationships and reconciliation. Repentance and restitution. And reinvention and recreation. So we tried to cover a lot today, but I'll tell you, we're going to give you, I'm going to end with a little testimony. I testify to you that autumn is the best time of life. If you're younger, look forward to it. If you're in it, make the most of it. And I totally agree with that, although there are some caveats. And so <laughs> with that, we wish you the very best as you grow older. It's just a lot of fun. May your life be fuller and fuller the older you get, and may you relish autumn. Good luck. Thank you for, for listening. See Bye -bye. you next time on Ours on the Road.